with Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. What's up, family? Thanks for tuning in on another Saturday night. I have my friend Brett Kunkel in studio from Maven. I was watching movies, and there was a... one of, one of the sections where you can watch uh, documentaries from um, National Geographic. And the title of the National Geographic video was Gender Revolution. Did you see that, Brett? Actually, that was the cover of uh, their, I think it was their January 2017 issue. Really? It was, yeah, and so I think they've done a documentary since then. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Gender Revolution was what they called it. Yeah, so this is so funny that we're actually in here in the studio and we're going to be talking today about the gender revolution. And when I watched this video, um, I was like, okay, National Geographic, this is a credible source. Let's see what they have to say. And I believe actually online they have a series. I think it's a whole series of of gender uh, revolution uh, stories. But um, interesting enough, uh, when I watched it, I was seriously in shock. Because as you guys know, as you listen to the show, that I tour the public high school system and middle school. And I've come across situations where uh, there was a girl that actually came down and gave her life to the Lord at one of my high schools and that we went to in San Diego. And she came up and she said she struggles with anxiety and depression and, and, and other things. And as I started talking to her, she says, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a gender queer or non-binary. So that means she either identifies as a man or a woman or both or none or something beyond. Um, that's just what I read online. I'm sure Brett uh, is going to correct me or if that could be correct. But basically, um, this is a huge problem that's going on um, in the world. There's just all this confusion. And that's what we want to talk about today. And as I was watching this National Geographic thing, The whole moral of this story is they were saying it's not about what's between your legs or how you were born. It's how you feel. Yeah. And it was shocking because today I could feel one way and tomorrow I could feel another way. And that's just basically what the whole agenda is, is this gender revolution is it doesn't matter what how you were created by God. It's just whatever you feel. And that is very scary. So, Brett, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. This talk. it's a huge issue, and I think actually, kind of your intro there is a really good place to start because you're dealing with. I mean, let's just acknowledge first that we're dealing with real human beings, with real feelings, and before we even get into the topic, I think it's important in this conversation because there's so there's so much emotion surrounding it, and because there's so much there's so much vitriol and anger and and uh, and an emotion that surrounds the conversation and people are personally involved in this issue. We just want to say from the get-go that people really matter. Yes. Uh, and we think that every human being, no matter whether they identify uh, as male or female, whether they are identify transgender, whether they're heterosexual, homosexual, I mean, just across the board, we just want to say that the, 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 the Christian view uh, is that everybody is made in the image of God, and because they're made in God's image, they have what we call intrinsic value. That means they're valuable just because of what they are. There's nothing you have to do to get value. You and I are valuable because we're human beings. And I, and I think that's just an important place to start here, that as we have this conversation, um, I want 
people to realize that that my view, your view, the biblical view, God's view is everybody is valuable, no matter what their their struggles are, no matter their identifications. Everybody is made in God's image, and they're valuable. And so, so in, in this conversation, I want the person who's out there who's listening who says, "I struggle with my own gender identity." Uh, we want to say, look, we love you. We care about you. That's actually why we want to have this kind of conversation. What, what I want to add something, 100%. We, with the Whosoever's Movement, we, we um, work with and are friends with a lot of people that are going through this. I have friends that are involved in all these different situations. So this is why, yes, we're here is to talk about What's what's going on? Yeah, and I and so you and I in would love. say we love these we love yes. these folks. They're our friends. They may be family members. We love them, but it's also Ryan. It's really important to define love as well, right? Because the culture says, well, if you love somebody, what you have to do then is you have to affirm anything that they say or do, right? Interesting. And now. I, here's a great analogy. You and I know as married guys mm-hmm. that that's not, that's not all there is to love, mm-hmm. right? If, 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 if our love with our wives simply included us affirming anything they do and any, anything uh, them affirming anything we do, we know that relationship's going to fall apart pretty quickly. That just doesn't work because love is something deeper and richer than just saying, hey, I, I uh, agree with you or I affirm you no matter what you do. Actually, true love is when you are committed to the good of someone else, even when they don't think it's their good. So, for instance, my wife um, will at times she'll you know she'll pull me aside and she'll say, uh, "Honey, I, I saw how you were talking to you know our one of our kids, Micah. I saw you were talking to Micah. You were really harsh with him. You were kind of a jerk. I think you need to go apologize." Right? Mm-hmm. She's not affirming me. She's yeah. actually confronting me. Right. And um, my first reaction sometimes is, "What? What do you mean?" And but then I come to realize, okay, wait, this woman wants what's good for me. And if I'm being a jerk to my kid, she's going to speak the truth in love. In love, right. And so I, I, so I think that has to be part of the opening of this conversation totally. so that people understand that as we sh- share what we take to be the truth, that you would also understand that even if you don't like it, it it's still out of a place of love. And actually, the most loving thing to do sometimes is to s- tell someone the truth even if they don't like it. And so with that, I want to say, look, we love people, yep. but we also want to speak the truth. Those are compatible. So in this conversation, even if you don't like what we have to say, uh, I would just beg that you would just keep your ears and uh, open and your heart open to at least considering, because I want to give some careful thinking to this. I think this issue requires really good thinking uh, because ideas have consequences, the ideas that our culture holds, that I hold individually, have consequences when I live my life. And here's the other side of that. Bad ideas have victims. Mm-hmm. And for me, as I've looked into this issue and I, as I've studied and researched, I, I've come to the conclusion that um, the bad ideas of transgender ideology uh, have real-life victims. People suffer because of this, okay? 100%. So all that to kind of preface our conversation. But I think the next thing to do is then to define some terms. Okay. Right? Because we have these different terms that we use that I think will, uh, if we don't get some definitions on the table, it'll, this conversation can be a little confusing. So I want to define four terms in particular. The first one is sex, 
Okay, so you have this category of sex, and that just, if you look at the dictionary definition, this simply refers to uh, the two main categories of male and female into which uh, human beings and many other living things are divided on the basis of their reproductive function. So sex is a biological reality. You have uh, male and female. This is the, sex is the body's way of being organized for reproduction. Right. Okay. Um, now, no, notice two things about this. Number one, biology is unchanging. Okay. Your, your biology is unchanging. And number two, it's almost, almost always immediately obvious, your sex. All right. So when a child is born, um, of course, now in the days of, of ultrasound, you can even look on the ultrasound and, mm-hmm. and the doctor can announce, it's a boy right. or it's a girl. But the doctor never says, almost never says, it's, a, oh gosh, uh, you know, I don't know, we're having real difficulty here. Um, now, there are the cases of what we call intersex, right. kind of the, you know, the nickname in the past has been hermaphrodite, but, mm-hmm. but intersex is when the, the, you know, when someone's genitals are ambiguous, okay? Right. Now that, just so we, just so we're, we know that that happens in, in approximately 0.05% of the cases. I was just going to ask you, what's the true percentage? Yeah, 0.05. So that means yeah. that 99.95% of the human population, it's just obvious they're biological sex. So because th- it, always in this conversation, the intersex person gets brought up. Yes. And here's what I want to say. Number one, that's a small minority of cases. And we need to be compassionate. And, mm-hmm. and I feel for those people where that's the, their biological reality. And, um, and, but those are really sm- small cases. And we'd say they're, they are the, um, the exception. Yeah. They're the exception to the rule, and you don't make rules out of exceptions. So you have some exceptions. Okay, let's take those. Let's set those aside. We need to deal with that, and we need to do research, and we need to figure out how do we help best help those individuals. But they're trying to use that idea for the masses. Right, for the masses. Exactly. It's so small. Exactly. 99.95% of the human population, their biological sex is immediately obvious. Right. It's self-evident. Here's what's kind of crazy as as we define this. What's crazy is that the culture has got us thinking, has got us, uh, uh, I guess, almost denying what is just common sense. Yes. You can look at the way a male is constructed and a female is constructed and identify that's a male, that's a female. But the culture has got us so confused that it wants to tell us no what 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 is biological reality is not necessarily obvious. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, so here gets to, to another definition because some people will say, well, no, what here's the distinction that we need to make. There's biological sex, right? Now, it, notice the term terminology that's used too. They'll they'll talk about your sex that's assigned okay, at birth, right. as if we are creating this. We assign it, which I think it's just a it's a reality. You don't assign it; you discover it. But, so it's important to pay attention to the language. So then the, the next definition I think we need to come up with is gender. Because people say, well, okay, you have biological sex. Right. But what about gender? Gender's something different. I would agree. Gender, I would define this way. It's how we identify and then present ourselves to the world. So as either male or female. So it's how I identify and then present myself to the world as male or female. Now... Um, this is where we make a distinction between the biological reality of sex and the mental realities of gender. 
Right. And um, and so that's what that's what gender is. It would be uh, how we how we identify. Okay. Now, here two more terms. There's gender dysphoria, and this is the condition where you feel like your emotional uh, psychological identity as male and female is opposite of your biological sex. So I'm born biologically male, but somehow there's some discomfort. There's some kind of lack of identifying with that biological reality. So this is where people say, well, I feel like... Is that would be like the, the Chris Jenner, not Chris Jenner, um, Bruce Jenner? Yeah, well, that would be, that would, you'd say someone like Bruce Jenner yeah. had gender dysphoria, mm-hmm. and I think they would go then a step further. But um, it's the person who might feel like they're, the, they're, they're a man in a woman's body. Or they're a woman in a man's body. There's some kind of gender uh, disconnection Mm -hmm. from their biological sex. So I'm born biologically male, but for some reason, I I feel like a female. I don't feel at home in my body. I don't feel comfortable with it. I identify more with what appears to be femaleness. That's gender dysphoria. And I think it's important to lay that out because there are a lot of people who struggle with gender dysphoria who don't actually identify than as the opposite sex. So I could be, say I'm a, I'm a male, right. okay, but I feel like a female and I have this gender dysphoria. Not everyone who experiences that also says, well, therefore, that must mean I'm really, I really am a female. Right. That's the next step. And so you have this gender dysphoria. Um, there are people who struggle with gender dysphoria and, and will acknowledge, well, I know that I'm not a, a female. I mean, biologically, I'm a male. So I know that I'm not a female, but I've got this, this struggle. And I think that's an important distinction because there's what the culture is wanting to do is push those people who struggle with gender dysphoria into another category, and that's the category of transgender. So they're just saying you're transgender. Yeah, they're saying, oh, you, yeah, you struggle with this? Well, then that must mean then that you actually are that thing. You really are a girl in a male body, and so what we're going to do is help you transition. So right. this is the ideology that says whatever you claim to be, that's what you are. You claim to be a female, well, even though you're biologically male, you actually are a female. Mm -hmm. So whatever you claim to be, and this is kind of that radical uh, uh, autonomous feeling, like I as an individual, whatever I express, whatever I feel, that's my reality, or that's reality, period. And so this is where I think we get into the radical claim of the transgender ideology. I have Brett Kunkel in studio from Maven, and we are talking about the gender revolution that is uh, it's basically hitting the world right yeah. now as we speak. Yeah. Yeah, we see it on <laughs> – we see it in the celebrity world of celebrity, of course. Yeah. We see high-profile people um, like Caitlyn Jenner uh, and a number of other people that you have tr- shows – uh, in, on Netflix, there's a show, uh, Transparent, about a, gra- a grandfather. Oh, really? I didn't see that one. Yeah, a grandfather who becomes, uh, you know, a, a, a transgender individual and identifies as a female. I mean, it's all Miley, over. Miley Cyrus, too. She came out as pansexual. <coughs> Excuse me. Pansexual, she basically, uh, that means she, she's into men, women. Yeah, it, I mean, the door is open now. And now even, like, there's even students in schools that are transgender, and there's even teachers Right here in Chino High School, there's a there's a teacher that that is a transgender, is a girl now. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it's an idea, and and then what's happening? So here's here here's <clears throat> where we want to say, look, 
Um, we have to balance between giving people um, freedom to live life as they see fit, right. and yet balancing that freedom with how it imposes on other people. And, and so that, that's a complicated conversation, but, but my main point is that this ideology now is being forced on other people. It's being forced on people through laws, right? So you have laws and you have public policy and you have even private businesses instituting policy and you have the government of the, the state of California creating policy where things like bathroom policy, mm-hmm. I was just right? Gonna say that. Someone identifies as a particular person or particular gender that gives them access to the the the, the bathroom or Opposite locker room sex, of yeah. that so that this is why it's so important to think through these and things and you have i mean i have daughters do you have you have uh, boys I have, or... yeah i have three girls and two boys okay so we have yeah so do you think i want some dude going in the girls bathroom yeah there's no way well and so but what the what what the transgender ideology would say is well wait a second they're not they're not dudes they're a girl they're really girls yeah. that, and see that's the radical part of this claim yeah Whatever you claim to be, that's what you are. That Whatever you feel that yeah. day. Yeah. So this is you see why I'm it's, crazy. I'm it's important to make the distinction between gender dysphoria and transgender ideology. Because I want to tell those people, because there are people who are listening now who struggle with that gender dysphoria, mm-hmm. who I want to say, okay, that's okay that you struggle with that and 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 that's a real honest struggle and that's a tough place to be. But the world tells you go further, change mm-hmm. your physical body. You are what you think you are and claim to be, and then go go this route of becoming a transgender. And I want to say you don't need you don't have to go that route. There are serious consequences if you do. In fact, here's what the research tells us: eighty to ninety-five percent of young people who struggle with gender dysphoria will grow out of it. Really? Absolutely. And when does it start? And what? so it can start anywhere uh, uh, in in adolescence. I mean, you you could 12, have twelve, thirteen, even younger, younger, even younger. Um, and so you have young people who, who struggle with it. But if if you don't do anything, so here's what the research shows: if you don't do anything and you just kind of let the natural course of growing up happen, eighty to ninety five percent of those young people will grow out of it. But here's what we're That's doing. Insane. Here's the scary thing is we're taking that seven to eight-year-old who, who says, I feel like I'm a boy uh, in a girl's body, and then we're starting to give them things like puberty, puberty blockers. Yeah. We are starting to you know, do things physically to them that could actually lock them into this identity, which they m- might, might grow out of. Which almost 95% grow out of. Ab- yeah, That's absolutely. Insane. So. So this is where you got to think. We got to think carefully about this stuff. Um, so I, I think a, a, a couple of things here to think through. So here's the part where I want to say, look, whether you struggle with gender dysphoria or not, uh, or whether you're just thinking about this issue, or let's give our best thinking to this. Let let's try to be rational about this. Okay, and so I, I would say on a rational level. So again, I care about people's feelings. But there are facts that don't change based upon our feelings, right? And so that we got to have that part of the conversation. We got to say, okay, let's think through this. So think through the ideology that tells you you are what you claim to be. You are what you claim to be. Well, where does that stop? Where does that stop? So, so for instance, so this is actually a real uh, a real case. You had okay. this lady. Her name was Rachel Do- uh, Dolezal. 
Dolezal, D-O-L-E-Z-A-L, Dolezal, who was a, um, uh, she's a white woman, grew up with uh, white parents, uh, recently discussed, she had been claiming to be African-American, of African-American descent. She was claiming to be black. She worked for the NAACP at uh, a chapter up, I think, in the Pacific Northwest, up in the Seattle or something. And it came out it, that she was actually this white woman claiming to be black, right? And, and then you watch interviews with her. You can go on YouTube, uh, you know, uh, do a search for her name, and she, there's interviews where she says, oh, I feel like I'm black. Is she, I, is she young or is she older? Because I've read some story about something, this kind of story. She's a younger, she's probably early 30s, maybe. I, dude, I've seen, <laughs> I've yeah. seen it, yeah. Um, mid-30s, I don't yep. know, somewhere around there. And yep. uh, she's a white woman who says she feels like she's black. She, and she identifies yeah. as black. Yes, so the, now, of course, there was this kind of firestorm of criticism right. saying, hey, you know, you lied about your heritage. Well, if at the end of the day, if you follow the transgender ideology right. that says you are what you feel like, yep. then guess what? There's nothing wrong with Rachel Dolezal. She's, she's a black woman. Yeah. Yep. Now, this even gets more radical. There are documented cases of people who don't just identify as a different race. They'll identify as a different species. Really? Yeah, so you can go online and look up uh, a guy named Gary Matthews. Uh, he goes by the name of Boomer, and he identifies, he self-identifies as a dog. He okay. wears dog costumes. He um, wears collars. He eats out dog bowls. He eats dog food. And he, he's a, a 48-year-old guy who identifies as a different species. Okay, so the question is, if Gary Matthews identifies as a different species, does that mean he's a different species? Right. Right? Well, according to the ideas that undergird the whole transgender ideology, you would have to say, well, yes, because whatever it is you identify, that's what you are. It's um, opening the Pandora box. Yeah, it just it, – it, there's no logical stopping to yeah. this, and there's no basis for then denying other people whatever identity they, they want. Mm-hmm. And um, again, this is so. This is where we say, "Well, wait a second. Uh, these these cases seem absurd. You can't identify as a different species, and then that makes you a different species. Uh, you can't identify with whatever race you want to be, and that makes you that race, right? In the same way, what is more obvious than the biological reality of male and female? Just because you identify with a different gender doesn't make you that thing, right? Okay. Now. Um, so I think that that would be, you know, it's it's what we. I mean, it's just it's a it's what we're doing here is just some basic logic. In logic, we, there's a a way to kind of evaluate arguments. It's called a reductio ad absurdum, which is simply, you know, Latin for reduced to the absurd. It's like you take an idea and you test drive it. So let's test drive transgender ideology, and if it takes us into these absurd places, the ideology must be a bad idea. So that's all we're doing here. Right. Saying, hey, this th- there's no there's no stopping point on this, and uh, and so uh, n- uh, you know so that's that's a huge issue. But then here's here's a second issue I think to think through. Why would we think that detach? Because here's what happens with with the person who um, is struggling with gen- gender dysphoria and then goes into transgenderism is they are detaching their gender identity from their biology, and I think just a really good question to ask is, hey, why would we do that? Why would you detach 
the gender ide- I, uh, identity from biology. What good reason is there to do that? Now, someone might come back and say, well, because of my feelings, yeah. right? I feel like a, a girl, but I'm really in a male body. So that's why I would do this. Okay, so okay, but just because you have these, these, these feelings, these emotions where it doesn't match your bio, biological reality, I think we, we need to step back and go, well, wait a second. There, there's another question here. Well, if you feel this way, we don't just say, okay, well, let's, let's go that route. I, it, here's a basic question. Can your feelings ever be misguided? That's Can your thoughts question. and feelings yeah. ever be misguided? Now, the obvious answer is yes, of course. Yeah. All the time, our, our feelings are misguided, right? If you're that dude walking down the hallway. You see that beautiful girl you know, in your high school, and, and you, you dig her. And, uh, and, and you kind of work up in your mind, you know what? She digs me too, right? Uh, and so you think, yeah, she's into me. But, you know, for some reason she never even talks to me. I asked for her phone number. She won't give me her phone number. You know, I mean, what's that an example of? It's an example of misguided feelings. Right. doesn't matter what you feel. There's a reality here. She's not into you, dude, yeah. right? In the same way, we, it's possible that our feelings and our thoughts are misguided or could be wrong. Right, and so so here's a great e- example. I think that that's parallel to this the, the transgender situation. Take the anorexic. Okay. Right. What's going on with the anorexic? Well, an anorexic girl might be seventy pounds, but she has these thoughts about herself. It's all feelings. She's yep. overweight. She might feel yep. 100%. like she's a hundred and seventy, a two hundred pound girl. Right. So what we know. So what do we do in that situation where we look at her and we're like, okay, there's something wrong here. You're 70 pounds. You're not looking very healthy, but you feel like you're overweight. You feel like you're 200 pounds. What do we do in that situation? Do we say, hey, let's go with your feelings. Okay, it's time to go on a diet because of how you feel. No, we don't do that. Instead, because we want to help that girl, what we do is we don't treat the physical we treat the mental. We treat the feelings. We say there's something, something has gone wrong. Your feelings don't match up with the biological reality. And so we treat the feelings. And so, again, in the situation where someone doesn't feel like they are the, you know, the biological sex that they are, their gender identity doesn't match up with that, uh, we need to ask, okay, is it possible your feelings are wrong? And if so, maybe we ought to think about treating the feelings and the thoughts not the body, not cutting off. Yeah, because that's literally. what happens. They just get you in there to start cutting stuff off and adding stuff and removing stuff, and that will fix the problem. But well, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's the whole, the whole idea. Problem that, is the the mental. Yeah, the, so you you have people then saying, "Let's uh, treat the body." Yeah, we wouldn't do that with the anorexic. No, we wouldn't do that in a, in a in a you know a lot of situations where there's a, there, there's actually a, a, a disorder called body integrity identity disorder. And, and you can people can look this up. It's in the medical literature where people who have healthy limbs feel like they should amputate them. No way. They feel like they should be somebody who is, uh, you know, doesn't have, you know, have a, a right arm or a left leg. And they will request doctors amputating these healthy limbs. That is crazy. Yeah. And, and so, again, here's the situation. What do we do? Do we say, okay, doctor. You feel like that. They so. feel like they should be an amputee. Yeah. Go ahead and cut their arm off. And again, people can look this up on their own. This is a real thing. 
Now, do we treat the, the body in that situation? No, we treat the, the, what's going on mentally. Right. And the same thing can, can be done with, uh, with, with the transgender issue. Yeah. Wow, that is, uh, that is heavy stuff. Yep, it's so true. Well, yeah, go ahead. Well, so, you know, and then I, I think part of this conversation then... I was just going to say, where does, it, where does it even end? I mean, like you said, where does the whole, this, the way I feel end? Yeah. It doesn't. Well, if, if someone wants to do some of their own research on this, um, there's a really good book that came out this past year written by a guy named Ryan Anderson. Uh, and Anderson is spelled with an O at the end. It's A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. Ryan Anderson. And it, the, the book has a really uh, uh, unique title. It's called When Harry Became Sally. Kind of play off that old mm-hmm. like 80s movie, When Harry Met Sally. When Harry Became Sally. And what Ryan, Ander- Ryan Anderson's a, uh, he's a philosopher, a good thinker. But what he did is he spent about two years researching this issue and thinking through it and looking at all the medical uh, data on this and looking at the stories of different transgender men and women and doing the research. And he wrote this book, and it's a really helpful book for those who want to think carefully about it. And I don't care on what side of the issue you're on. If you want a, um, a fair treatment of the issues, if you want to look honestly at this issue, uh, then you owe it to yourself to read this book. Okay, hold that thought Yeah, because we are going to go to break right now, this minute, and we will be back in two minutes with Brett Kunkel. Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. Loud noises. I am back in studio with Brett Kunkel from Maven Ministries. Where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, uh, our website is maventruth.com. And um, we're in the process of building a, a new website. But that's a holding place where you can get some basic info about yep. what we're doing and, and uh, yeah, how we're trying to impact a new generation. And what's your guys' focus there with Maven? Yeah, we want to help, number one, we want to help students. Really, uh, we want to help Christian students know what they believe, why they believe it, so they can take the truth of Christ to a, a, a lost and hurting world. We want to help parents as well, parents and youth workers and youth pastors, to help um, disciple that generation. How do we help equip that generation to navigate the culture that we're living in? And so that's our focus. Definitely contact him. He can come out and speak. He can do a presentation. That's where I actually discovered him. Was at a Calvary Chapel conference out here in uh, Costa Mesa, and uh, we had him. I had another show with him um, a couple months ago. You can go to my website ryan-reese.com and find the past show with Brett Kunkel from Maven. So we were just talking about the um, the gender revolution, which uh, I told you before the break. I was flying to um, Israel, and on the flight, I was on a United flight, and it had. Um, uh, what's the name of it? Uh, National Geographic had this video documentary about the gender revolution, and it's all about how people feel. And if you feel like a man today, you're a man today. If you feel like a, a girl tomorrow, you're a girl tomorrow. If you don't identify with either man or woman, that's what you are. Or maybe you identify with both, and that's what you are. That's the whole uh, movement that's happening right now with the youth. So Yeah, and I think the most compassionate, loving thing we can do in this situation is, is tell the truth. 
Yeah. And as a follower of Christ, one of my obligations is to bear witness to the truth. And what did Jesus he, say? You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Exactly. And so we, we share the truth out of love. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want people who are listening to, to understand that there's no, um, uh, there, there's no conflict between those two. Even if you, if you don't like the things that we're saying, um, know that it's out of a good place. If I, look, Ryan, if I'm wrong about this, I want to know. I will change my views. Um, but I've done some thinking about this. I've done some research. I've read the stories. I've talked to you know trans individuals. And uh, my, my research has, is, has led me to conclude that this is, these are bad ideas that hurt people. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to be hurt. And if we are telling people, you feel this way, well, then walk down this path. And that path leads to destruction. That path leads to harm. We have, a wi- we have an obligation out of love to warn people from going down that path. So if there's people out there who, again, who maybe have a problem with what we're saying, maybe get, get upset. I know I just did a talk on this at a, a, a Calvary Chapel in um, Aurora, Colorado a couple weeks ago. And I had people who got so upset with me that one guy had to be escorted out of the uh, auditorium mm-hmm. by security. Uh, another gal who's, who's, who is trans got up in the middle of my presentation and walked out and was making a, you know, a ruckus in the, uh, in the lobby area. And, um, and I want to say, uh, number one, I, I love those people. I'm okay if you get upset with me. Yeah. Uh, number two, though, um, tr- try to at least listen to the arguments here that we're trying to make. Because if these are bad ideas, they will bring harm to you, and uh, and if they're not, if they, if our, my ideas are wrong, I, w- I want people to convince me. Well, there are some statistics saying that there is harm coming to these individuals that are going down this route, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's really the biggest. I think the biggest response to this, uh, to to someone who says, you know, this transgender I- ideology is wrong. It's going to hurt people. They actually say, well, if you don't affirm the trans person, you're the one who's going to bring them harm. Because if you don't affirm their gender identity, then they're going to um, experience discrimination or rejection, which is going to lead them to maybe self-harm, right? Even suicide. And therefore, in the interest of the well-being of the trans person, we have to affirm whatever gender identity they want. Uh, you know, and so this is kind of the harm argument. I would say a couple of responses. Number one, this, I think this response assumes that if they actually do transition and if we affirm that, that that is going to lead to wholeness in them. Right. Right. So it assumes that. But I think the data shows that that's not the case. And so one of the indicators would be the suicide rate. What's that? So what do they they say? So if you you look at um, the people who identify... Uh, as transgender, 41% who identify as tra- transgender will attempt suicide. Now, compare that with the rate of the general population in the U.S. It's 4.6%. 4.6% versus wow, 41%. It is massive. And, uh, and so those are the people who identify, the, 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 the suicide rate is, attempted suicide rate is much higher. And those who actually transition, so you, if you actually tr- go through transition mm-hmm. and go through what's called sex reassignment surgery, you are 19 times more likely to die of suicide than, than the general population. So, and it, 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 the data seems to indicate that 
transitioning, going through the full physical tr uh, uh, transformation, right. doing the sex reassignment surgery, does not bring the wholeness that these, these individuals are hoping for. And that would make sense if the problem is not physical, but the problem is mental and emotional, right? right? That's the struggle. Because that means we're treating the wrong thing. Right. We're treating the body instead of treating the heart and mind. Mm -hmm. And so um, transitioning doesn't lead to the wholeness that, that people hope it will. That, that actually scares me because uh, down, down, we live in you know, L.A. and uh, down in Hollywood right there off of Melrose, they just put a new transition center. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. Blo they have blocks. Yeah. They're building a whole new transition center for, for kids. Yeah. You had, uh, you know, if you, a number of years ago, there was only one you know, uh, medical, uh, did it, yeah. yeah, um, gender identity kind of institute or center in the U S and now there's like 45. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, across the U S because this ide ideology is taking root now. And so we're just, we're starting to affirm it now. Now think about this for a second. I mean, how do you know, um, how do you know someone is struggling with gender dysphoria? There's no medical test a doctor can do to find that out. Right, so no doctor can come to you and do tests on you and say, "Oh, you're struggling with gender dysphoria." Right. The person has to self-report. They have to say, "I feel this way," and then here's what happens: you go into the doctor, you say, "I feel this way. I feel like I'm a man in a woman's body, whatever," and now the doctor says, "Okay, we will then start treating you." This is the only situation where I can think of that a doctor lets the patient. Do the cell, the, the diagnosis. Yes. If I went to my doctor and I said, hey, doc, um, I have cancer. Yeah. And the doctor said, well, we need to run tests. I said, no, 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 no. I, I did self-diagnosis. I know I have cancer. And he goes, okay, we're going to put you on leukemia. Yeah, he, he does. He said, oh, he, not leukemia. Um, what do you call that? Chemotherapy. Um, chemotherapy. Yeah. The doctor doesn't say, oh, okay, well, if you did self-diagnosis, then we'll just go ahead and treat you. Right. But in this situation, that's what we do. It, 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 that's how radical these ideas are. And why would we do that? Why would we let the person do a self-diagnosis? I can't think of any other situation where we do this. But the medical community is even going with, along with this. Although there are there are voices out there who are who are um, uh, sp speaking out against this, but they take a, they, they they pay a heavy price. You get slammed pretty hard if you go against the transgender ideology. From everyone, yeah, yeah. So now and again, there's also the idea that we talked about earlier, where eighty to ninety-five percent of children with gender dysphoria, grow will naturally grow out of it, mm -hmm. okay? Now, okay, so you have those individuals who might still struggle with it. Well, what's going on there? Well, this is where, our, uh, you know, in his book, Ryan Anderson goes through different, um, some different examples in the literature of uh, individuals who struggle with gender dysphoria and how instead of treating the body and transitioning them, instead what's, what, what's done is some what, what they call talk therapy, where they, 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 they do some therapy with, people to t help them see, you know, what's going on. So, and so a couple of examples he gives, he's, there was a situation with a, a young boy, elementary age boy, who was feeling the sense of, I want to be a girl. I want to be a girl. Um, now his mom, what, what, so he was, he was in therapy and what came out is that he, he had a sister and it appeared to him what he sensed in his family with his mom was that uh, uh, the, the daughter got m a lot more love and attention than he did. Right. And there was a sense like if I, if, I, if I just could be a girl, then I would get more love and attention from mom. And this is a single mom. Um, 
I get more love and attention from mom. And so he was struggling with this gender dysphoria and this desire to want to be a girl. Well, it turns out as mom got into therapy uh, um, along with her son, turns out that this mom had experienced some sexual abuse at the hands of a man, which is tragic, right? Right. But what she had developed is this, this antipathy, this anger, this bitterness, this hatred towards, towards, men. towards men and was unconsciously... Uh, 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 treating her son in, in, in that kind of way and distancing herself from him because of the hurt she experienced, which makes Dude, sense. That's, that's, yeah, that's pretty but, amazing. And so what happened is that instead of treating this boy and starting to transition him mm-hmm. and start uh, you know, uh, changing him physically, what happened is that he was in about a year of therapy, talk therapy, talking this out. The mom got in therapy, got to see the issues that she was struggling with, realizing then she's treating her son differently. And through that therapy, there was some healing that happened. And and after uh, about a year of therapy, the boy stops struggling with that gender dysphoria and comes to feel uh, comfortable with being a boy, right? So that's the kind of thing that often is going on in these these situations is that – and and this is where I want to be sensitive here. But I want to be honest and I want to say, look, I think the result – gender dysphoria is the result of living in a broken world where we have broken families, broken mom and dads, broken human beings who hurt us and bring pain into our lives and – we experience gender dysphoria because we live in all this brokenness. And it's not because you're really a male uh, who's in a female body. It's because we haven't been loved and nurtured the way that God intended. And that's the reality of a broken world. And it's all of us. It's not just the person who's struggling with gender dysphoria. It's the person who's addicted to porn. It's the person uh, who's you know sleeping around with their boyfriend or girlfriend all the time. It's the person who's uh, addicted to alcohol or drugs. It's the person. I mean, it's all of us. It's right. every single one of us experience that brokenness in different ways. And I want to say, look, gender dysphoria and your struggles with with gender identity come from these places of brokenness. So, for instance, if you're a girl and you've experienced sexual abuse, um, that could be something that leads you to have some some confusion about your gender or to maybe even withdraw from your gender to protect yourself. Because look, if you're a girl and you feel vulnerable being a girl because guys are idiots and jerks and you've mm-hmm. been abused by them, well then you might withdraw from that that identity as a girl. I have a little story yourself. about something similar like that. There's a girl that we had on the show, uh, Mar Sierra from, from uh, Miami Beach, and she grew up, she was getting abused by a neighbor Hmm. Um, very crazy story. I, I don't want to go into it all now, but just basically being abused. So the only concept she had of men was abusing her physically hmm. yeah. and um, sexually. So as she grew up, she wanted to disassociate with looking like a female and having anything to do with that because all she knew in her mind is that men wanted to abuse her sexually yeah. and use her. So that led her to looking like a man, dressing like a man, acting like a man, because she wanted to disassociate with that whole connection. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, and, and there's, so, so th- there's so many stories of brokenness that surround that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I want to say, hey, look, we're all broken in yes. different ways, so that manifests itself differently. This mm-hmm. is just one of the ways it manifests itself. 
But you can increase the brokenness if you don't deal with the heart, the, the, the heart of the issue. So you treat the body, you're treating the wrong thing. So before you start transitioning, before you tar- take, you know, uh, hormones or puberty blockers, or before you start cutting off healthy physical limbs, mm-hmm. you know, parts of your body, at least consider that there, that there's something else going on here and that there is data that, that supports this. And at the end of the day, I want to say to anyone, uh, you know, whether it's the person struggling with gender dysphoria, the person who's transitioning, the person, whatever, the, 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 the primary need of every human individual who's broken like us right. is we, it's a spiritual need. It's a need for Jesus Christ. It's the need for his healing and redemption. Look, our, 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 our friends, our family, our parents, we'll, they, they let us down. Or they they actually harm us, and that's that's the reality. Well, what's the solution to that? The solution is being put together, made whole again, mm-hmm. by only one person, our Creator, through the cross of Christ. And so there is help, and redemption, and restoration that's available to every individual. So we want to say, kind of you know, towards the end of this, is that hey. We want to end with hope here. Yeah. There's hope for the, those individuals. There's healing that can happen. Um, there is uh, there's wholeness that we can we we can discover. But but we have to seek out the right answers on this. So we have about ten minutes left, and um, as we bring this hope down um, at the end, um, I just want to say that I do have a transgender right now um, that I've been in communication with. That's actually coming to one of my uh, Bible studies, and he's like, "Hey, I'm a transgender," and how he got into it was a series of interesting, abusive situations. Mm. So now he's he's on the hormone blockers and he's going through the this whole transgender thing. But he recently found Jesus, Jesus mm. Christ. Yeah. And he's like, dude, I love Jesus. He's revealed himself to me, but it's all so new. He has the Holy Spirit. But he's like, I am in the process. I just found Jesus, but I'm in the process of transitioning. Mm. I am transgender. And he's like, it's all good. Like... Um, you know, it's fine. I understand. Like, I'm not offended by anything you say. He's like searching for the truth. He's just like, tell me more. What does God say? What does the Holy Spirit say? You know what, you know what the deal is. So he's like, I'm not offended. I'm totally open to Jesus. I had an encounter with him. So I said, listen, this is the most important. It's not about who you're sleeping with or what you identify with. The most important thing right now for you is to keep seeking Jesus. Find your identity in Jesus Christ. You know, because a lot of people in churches or people can just say, well, you're a man and that's it or beat it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm saying, hey, I don't care what's going on in your life. Just keep coming to church. Keep reading the Bible. Keep learning about who he is and let God keep revealing himself to you because he's the one that's going to answer these questions. Yeah. So we prayed with him and now he's just coming to church and uh, we're just counseling him. Yeah, that's awesome. And you, you really, It's Ryan, a process. You, you hit on the key issue. The key issue there is identity, right? What's, what's yeah. the problem here? There's an identity problem. There's an identity crisis. And our culture is at a point where now we tell people identify with your sexual orientations mm-hmm. or your you know your desires or your gender and and identity is put in every all of these things that change that will never root you and ground you and the only identity that's unchanging unfailing is identity 
in Christ, that you and I are children of God, we are loved, we are redeemed by him. And so that's the first step. The first step for my transgender friends, uh, neighbor, uh, uh, is that they f- they find Christ first and let Him begin to change them from the inside out? Right, mm-hmm. that's the first step. And, and then when you, when you when you say inside out, just to be clear, people, it's about He needs to do a work in our heart. Yes. It's a, it's a heart issue. God needs us to just come in and reveal Himself to you, who you are in Christ, and work on your heart. And then He works out all the other details. Yeah, and and then of course there is a place for I think good. Christian counseling and friends who can come around you and help you and -hmm. and walk you through this. But there are also plenty, and people need to know this, there are plenty of stories, and all you got to do is go on YouTube and search these out of people who have detransitioned. Who have what we who have transgender regret? They went through the surgery. They went through the whole transition, and they they experienced maybe some temporary happiness, where they thought, okay, now I can out live out my true identity that doesn't last and they detransition and they transition out. And there's all kinds of testimonies of people who say, I wish I never mm-hmm. had done that. I was misled. And now some of them have huge regret because they've cut off body parts that can't be replaced. Now they can't have kids and you know, they wanted kids. Um, so there, there, there are people who are, who've been on the other side of this, yeah. have gone through everything you're going through or your family member has gone through. And at the other side of this are saying, don't, do it. Is there any story that's on YouTube that you could think of that maybe someone could go watch? Yes. Uh, uh, look up, just do a search for Walt Heyer. Uh, Walt, W-A-L-T, and then Heyer is spelled H-E-Y-E-R. H-E-Y-E-R. Walt Heyer has been out uh, uh, really uh, publicly singing or, or uh, proclaiming the message because he was once a man transitioned into uh, being a woman and then re, you know detransitioned and he's telling he's he's warning he's kind of signaling to people uh, kind of uh what do you call it Sign- uh, giving the warning signal if yeah, you will yeah like hey there's a lot of pain and hurt here in fact in that book that i mentioned earlier when harry became sally ryan anderson goes through a number of different uh testimonies of people who are speaking out against it. And again, these testimonies are on YouTube. And just remember, this is just the beginning of the gender revolution. We haven't even seen the side, like the side effects are starting to hap- come out, like the statistics of people trying to yeah. detransition and all that. Oh, this is a huge the, social experiment. The, yeah, exactly. This is just the beginning. Yeah. You know, but God loves you. God loves you exactly how you are and he wants to reveal himself to you and it's all about identity in Jesus Christ. So if you're listening to this right now and you're whatever you're going through in your life, I would just ask Jesus Christ into your heart. Just say, God, reveal yourself to me. Come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. Because it doesn't matter what walk of life you're involved in. We're all sinners. We were born sinners. None of us are perfect. All of us are far from perfect. And this is why we need Jesus Christ as our Savior. And it's very simple. It's just believing. It says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You know, the only thing that keeps us away from a relationship with the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, it's believing. All you have to do is believe that Jesus Christ came on a rescue mission out of eternity to die for the sins of the world. And that anyone that believes in him, that he died and raised on the third day and now he lives, will have eternal life. He will plant his Holy Spirit in your life. And when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, the job of the Holy Spirit is to come into your life and transform you from the inside 
inside out. He reveals himself to you. You have God's spirit inside of you now, dominating your life, transforming you, changing your mind. It says all who are in Christ, all the old things will pass away in your life and all things will become brand new. So I would challenge you guys all today, wherever you're at, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're listening to this in your car, on the radio, or just even you're at home, just call on the name of the Lord. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be saved. He will come in and he will reveal himself to you. And we have a couple minutes left. Do you have anything you want to say? Brett? Yeah, I would say, um, uh, you know, I would just re- reiterate, yeah, the, the key issue for the, the transgender person who's not a Christian is, uh, is, is you need Christ. But I, and I would say for those who are, are kind of, you know, whatever you're at in this issue, I want you to think, oftentimes we kind of think of, of kind of Christianity or God in these mm. negative terms. Like God is saying no, no, no all the time. So whether it's transgenderism or mm. same-sex marriage or homosexuality or, or premarital sex or casual sex or hookup culture, it's always like, no, God says no, 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 no. And sometimes we as Christians communicate it that way, and that's mm-hmm. our fault. Yeah. But I want people to realize that actually for every no is a beautiful yes. Yeah. Right? So when I, when I talk to young people and I, I, I warn them about casual sex and I say, God says no to casual sex, it's because there's actually a more beautiful, wonderful, fulfilling yes that, that God has waiting for you. I mean, we do this all the time. Think about it. I, I mean, I drive past 7-Eleven. I know inside 7-Eleven, there's 7-Eleven coffee. I say no to 7-Eleven coffee every single day. Mm-hmm. Why? Because there's Portola coffee down yes. the street or Starbucks or whatever. Yeah. There's something better mm-hmm. in the same way. That's, that God isn't just interested in saying no. He actually wants to give us good gifts. He has something so much better for us. And as our designer, the designer knows how we are designed and how we should function. And when we live a certain way, according to his design, we experience flourishing. We experience true life. We experience the good life, the way that our designer has made us. And so um, uh, all other ways lead to brokenness and destruction. And that's why the path is narrow, Jesus says. Uh, But God's a good God who wants to give us good gifts. And part of that is our gender and, uh, and identifying with how he's made us. And the path to wholeness is his path, not the world's path. 100%. I don't, I don't look at a relationship with God, all these uh, rules and regulations and all these no's. It's funny how a lot of people can, oh, well, I can't do this if I follow God or this and that. God, like you said, he puts those, those, those no's in there is to protect you. Mm-hmm. You know, like thou shalt not kill. Like, yeah. And it's the <laughs> truest path to freedom. Yeah, it is. Because right? now we, our culture we says— We have one minute left, by the way. F- our culture says freedom is doing whatever you want. Yeah. That's a lie. Freedom is doing—having the freedom to do what is right. Uh, doing what is right, that, is, that brings true freedom. And this, in this situation, in every other situation, that's the case. 100%. So, you know, I would encourage you guys. It's, it's not about—our uh, walk with God is not about—it's uh, not be about being religious or anything like that. It's not about a bunch of rules. It's a, truly, it's just about living that life that you were created for and finding your true identity because the whole world is constantly trying to find their identity 
what music they're listening to, who they're sleeping with, who they're hanging out with. Your identity is in Christ, and that's when you find out your purpose and why you're even placed on this earth. And that's where the peace comes. God's come to give us peace and rest for our souls. He says, come to me, all you are weary. Any of you that are going through hard times, come to me. I, I will give you peace and rest for your soul. So if you could take away anything from that, whatever you're going through, God loves you. And thank you for being on the show, Brett. We'll see you guys next week. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.